Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Solar energy emerged as a clean, renewable source of energy that's non-polluting and helps reduce fossil fuels and avoids global warming. Currently, solar energy accounts for, get this, 1.6% of total U.S. electricity generation and is ranked first or second in capacity added to the electric total every single year since 2013. That's pretty significant, but certainly not enough. We all know that. Hey, look, the sun is shining. Why aren't we utilizing it? Well, we're going to talk about that today because my guest today is David Amster Olaszewski, founder and CEO of SunShare, a company that provides solar gardens to help reduce crop rotation, reduce erosion, and enhance local agriculture. Plus, we're going to find out what is the real definition of solar gardens. It's different than what I thought it was when I first began this journey of learning all about solar energy. David, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, it's good to have you, man. You're, you're sitting in your, your Airstream office and you're on the road moving all the time. Because Is that because the business is so hot? Well, that's that's because these days um, I don't want to use the airplane to travel around and see our projects. So uh, <laughs> this is how I meet with investors, and this is how I'm going to go see our projects: is uh, yeah. travel a, around from the back of this. A, a really cool way of doing it, you know. Uh, Madden, the former co- former coach of the Oakland Raiders, I don't know if you knew this. He was afraid to fly, and oh, really? he had an outfitted bus. And each week, wherever he was broadcasting, when he became a broadcaster, he would take the bus. <laughs> and uh, he would never fly. So I, I, you're doing it for different reasons, but nonetheless, I still think that's pretty cool. And those are really good, uh, good operations. So tell me about, um, give me a brief overview of what solar energy is and what are the real benefits. I, know, I mean, to me, it seems like a no-brainer, but I think we got to lay a little groundwork here. Sure. So, uh, you know, solar energy, it's, it's one of the oldest forms of energy generation started back in the times of the Romans when they would uh, build their bathing houses and, and um, you know, point them towards the sun, right? So um, solar energy has been around as long as, as the, uh, the sun has been shining. Um, but, uh, you know, in the last 40 years, um, you've, you've really seen this development of a technology called photovoltaics. And that's what most people think of when they think of solar. That's the solar electricity, the big blue panels that you see on people's houses or in fields um, that generate energy, uh, having basically photons from the sun. They hit silicon semiconductor chips, just like big versions of what you have in your, uh, in your iPhone, cell phone. Mm-hmm. Make big versions of those when the sun hits them. Electrons jump around on the silicon and get conducted into electricity, and that happens, you know, quietly, seamlessly. Um, those electrons are fed right onto the grid. I mean, we have 50-acre solar projects, and our only moving parts are uh, a couple half-horsepower motors that tilt the panels towards the sun. I mean, you know, literally 50 acres, and you have a few horsepower of of motors. When you compare that to a coal-fired power plant, uh, it's very simple clean, um, easy to use technology. The issue has always just been the cost of it. Uh, but yeah. that's what's changed in the last 10 to 20 years. I mean, the cost of solar panels, they're, they're down over 90%. And that's made solar energy one of the most cost-effective forms of energy 
generation on the planet. I mean, that's why, you know, you you referenced that uh, solar is one of the top two uh, energy generation resources being added every year in the United States. And the other one is wind. It's because yeah. they're now the cheapest source of energy. Yeah, well, wind wind is big here in South Dakota, and certainly wind is big in a lot of places. You can go in some wind farms, you know. I can remember somewhere outside of Palm Desert in California, there's a just massive, massive wind farm. And you see a lot more of that. What, what's community solar, and how is it different from rooftop solar or utility-owned farms? I'd like to talk about that, and then I really want to get into why you're doing this and where and so forth. Sure. Community solar, it, it's an invention really of the last uh, 10 years. Colorado was the first state in the country to uh, create a community solar gardens law. And, and the concept of community solar is that most consumers, in fact, 75% of uh, consumers and businesses don't have a good roof for rooftop solar. You either have AC units up there, you've got trees yeah. covering it, you may lease it. Um, yeah. You know, you may have a small business, can't get the credit to have a 20-year loan. So a lot of businesses can't get solar energy. and uh, But on the other hand, I don't know many businesses that have a coal-fired power plant in their basement. We all use this electricity system that we've built over the last century. So the concept of, of community solar is, is really, let's just use that electricity system, but let people choose the type of energy they want to consume rather than having to buy whatever blend their monopoly utility is selling them. So community solar, basically, you know, we build 50-acre uh, solar farms, maybe 10 acres, maybe larger, um, and we connect them to your local utility company. We have partnership agreements that are dictated by new state laws that are passing around the country, and we feed that energy onto the utility system just like a regular coal-fired power plant would, except it's all solar. And then you and your home over here can be purchasing that energy uh, from the sun. So it's not mm -hmm. directly connected. There's no direct line other than the grid that we all use, but you're buying clean, renewable energy and you can fix your costs long-term because there, there's no, uh, there's, there's, there, you know, there's no risk of future regulation on solar. The operating costs are very low and the sun is free. So once you sign up, you, you really know what your cost is going to be for the next 20 years. Um, so uh, that's what community solar is. It's just another option for people to be able to choose uh, solar energy and not have to wait until the utility goes 100% renewable in 2040 or 2050. It's a way to do that today. Well, let's take a quick break. I want to come back and ask you some more questions. Enlighten me, shine the light on me, and everyone else that's listening will be right back. C-Suite Radio. Hey everybody, we're back. We're live casting right here on LinkedIn and Facebook as we bring you all business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on C-Suite Radio. I'm talking to David Amster. Olashevsky is the founder and CEO of Sunshare, and we're talking about all things solar, all things into, into the light, you know, because, man, money's to be made from the sun. There's no doubt about it. If you could harness the sun, you'd have everything. So um, one of the cool things I think, you raised funds and built the largest solar array while still in college. How the hell did you get started in this industry? Um, well, you know, as, as actually uh, in college, I got a C on my, it was an entrepreneurship class. My college did one class for every three weeks, and then you moved on to the yeah. next course. Um, and I was taking an entrepreneurship class, and I, I got a C because I was so busy raising uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars to do a, um, a solar farm. To Does that bother you? Farm. Does that bother you got a C? It really, it really did bother me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it was entrepreneurship, and I thought I was doing something entrepreneurial. It just wasn't 
what they wanted me to be doing in the class. Yeah, you know, it's like I, I never quite finished college. I'm like three credits short. And everybody <laughs> says, is it bother you? Well, I'd love to have a college degree. But, you know, it ain't hurt me. It ain't slowed me down. So there you go, brother. So don't worry about it. Like my son, once he got a – he once was coming close to – I shouldn't say this publicly, but he was once coming close to failing ancient civilization. And I said, son, just do enough to get a credit. And what he says, I said, what do you got to have? He goes, I got to have a C. I said, just get a C. He goes, dad, I, I, you know, I can do an A. I said, nobody's going to give a crap what the Sumerians thought, you know, in your job. So just move on, move on, you know? <laughs> so, so what, so tell me about how do you did it? You exactly. went out and raised money. How much did you raise? You, you built this thing. How big was it? Um, so, so that project, uh, it was only 25 kilowatts. It was, um, you know, it was actually a rooftop array. It was a, on a large rooftop of a dorm. Um, we raised about $200,000 in three weeks. Um, because the goal was to get it done by the end of the school year. I mean, in college, like everything's like, we have to have it immediately, right? I, right, that's probably, right yeah. I mean, now you have to have it on like TikTok or something instantaneously, but then two <laughs> months was a long time. And um, so, so we had to, to get it built by the end of the year. We had to raise the money by the end of the month and then get it built the next month. Um, so we raised a couple hundred thousand dollars from, you know, alumni, students, uh, you know, um, the local utility, some other organizations. And, um, and that, uh, you know, that, that got us to our goal. We, we built the project. It was the largest, um, actually non-military array in Colorado Springs at the time. Mm. Um, you know, which is, which is crazy. I mean, 25 kilowatts is, I mean, that's like uh, the size of five residential home solar rays. I mean, we're not talking big, <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, that was 2008 and that was big then. So I'm, I'm curious, why wouldn't every business in the country put this on top of every building everywhere? And what's holding us back from doing something like that? I mean, you're really starting to see that happen. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. Microsoft just announced, uh, you know, uh, that they're buying as much solar as a very large power plant. Uh, they just announced that last week. I mean, you're seeing Amazon and Google, I mean, big companies that, you know, have energy teams. I mean, they're, they're, buying solar left and right. But when you look at the majority of businesses, particularly small businesses and homeowners, um, you know, you don't have, if you don't have an energy manager, you don't go through the process of thinking about how to buy solar energy. You may not have the right roof for it. And that's really where community solar comes in. I mean, with community solar, people can buy solar. We, we can do it on their computer. We could do it on an iPad. Um, they could do it over the phone. It's really simple. You don't have to have somebody come to your roof, installing panels on your roof. Yeah, so but I basically when you say community solar, I'm just buying it across the grid, right? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Which okay. is a smart move to do. But if you could also do it yourself and buy it off the grid, that'd be better, wouldn't it? That That is definitely the optimal. It just takes more time. And that, I think yeah. it's really just the time that, you know, you're not buying, um, it's not like a toaster oven. You buy it and you plug it in. You know, you have to have somebody right. come to your house, install it on your roof. Um, so there's a little bit of effort involved. And, um, you know, I, I think, um, but, but, you know, that changes. I mean, when you see your Amazons, your Googles, your Microsofts, you know, all your big companies, your school districts, your government, everybody's buying it. Um, you start seeing adoption really speed up. Well, especially from the government perspective, it seems to me we would put these in every school, every government facility. It would be a lot, you know, in terms of saving costs and doing the right thing for the, for the, for the environment and country. Let me ask a question. What's a solar garden? Um, so the community solar garden is really, that's just what um, the, this, this concept is called, where you have energy in one place and generated in another. Uh, most states before, now 20 states have laws requiring utilities to allow community solar gardens. Um, so about half the country. 
Um, but 10 years ago, this was really an illegal practice. I mean, most states across the country, uh, you have utility monopolies, and it's illegal for me to sell energy from my solar farm here to consumer B over here. So um, that's what's really changed in the last 10 years is you start seeing one state after another across the country saying, no, look, consumers want choices, and they don't want to just have the choice if it's on the roof because that may not be an option for them. Right. So the solar gardens really then um, a large, let's say field fields, large areas where you've got solar arrays producing at a much bigger rate. And then I'm able to buy from that source. Is that right? Exactly. And we'll, we'll lease land from, um, you know, unused land from brownfields, uh, everything from brownfields too. I mean, you have, you know, a lot of elderly farmers, you know, across the United States that say, you know what, I, I can't farm every day. I can't deal with the fluctuating uh, price of crops. If you're going to give me a fixed rate for 20 years, and and I, and I know that, um, that that's a real winner for, for farmers across the country. So we see, see a lot of farmers, just like they have in wind, really being big adopters of um, of community solar and, and being site hosts and and uh, you know letting us lease their land. Well, especially putting in non non productive farmland. So you put that's it in right. places that you can actually produce things. You can't produce a crop because it's too rocky or the soil isn't correct. You'd have to really change the soil, which is really doing something worse to the land itself. Uh, but right. what's the size, the, what's the optimal size like that? So when I go and do wind, wind I'll put up one turbine in, if, in my area, right? And I, I do that, I lease the land, I got the turbine up there. How big of an area do I need to have to make it worthwhile to be able to do the solar array? For the garden, uh, sure. Uh, you know, the smallest size is, size is really about ten acres. You know, I'd mm. say the uh, you, most of the projects you're seeing now in community solar are around forty to fifty acres in size. Is it? Is it? Are you primarily putting these up? Where's the biggest states that are doing this? And then I'm just kind of curious, which states are really doing this, and are those the best states to be doing it? That's a good question. I'll, I'll see what you think based on the answer. So the biggest state in the country, actually, for communal is Minnesota, um, which you might wow. not think of as a big, big no, sun But actually, I do know they're huge in renewable energy. They've been they big on the wind side of it. They've right. Minnesota's got the 10,000 lakes. I mean, they have been a very progressive state in that area. So I and, and a little bit more liberal than most other states. So So it seems to me politically the climate's better for them. It is. So, you know, you'll see it there. You'll see it in uh, New York's another very big state, Massachusetts. Uh, Colorado was the first in the country, but it's still in the top five. Um, mm -hmm. so you're seeing a lot of growth there. Um, Florida's recently with a different version of community solar, which the utility runs. Florida's announced some big projects. Um, California uh, has had a you know program that they're, they're taking a while to get through the regulations. Um, you, you know, you see uh, cooperative utilities uh, that are in rural areas in Texas, you know, putting in community solar gardens, you really kind of see it all across the political spectrum yeah, across but the United I, but States. I would suspect, I would have suspected it'd be more rural states like South Dakota, North Dakota, uh, Wyoming, Arizona, Utah. I would have suspected those states first and would be bigger for a variety of reasons. Um, yeah, you you would have uh, you would have assumed so. Uh, I mean, they have terrific solar resource. Uh, you know, a lot of unused uh, land. Um, but uh, you know, I, I I think you know it is probably a little bit politics. I mean, I, I've always seen community solar be bipartisan, but I think there's you know a little bit of the democratic spark that um, you know has sparked these policies. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, like I said, you see it in Texas too. So it really. 
it's a bipartisan issue. I mean, every well, community small garden law we ever passed in Colorado was on a bipartisan basis. But, you know, you have a lot of those rural states. Those take South Dakota for a prime example. We've got uh, electric cooperatives. So the electric cooperatives and a lot of the powers coming from the hydro dams. And that's a renewable source that, you know, we're, we've dammed up these things. We did these back in the 30s and we dammed up all these big rivers like the Missouri River. And we've got hydroelectric plants that come right off of that. So it totally makes sense to me. Hey, listen, what makes, what makes sense is also take a quick break. Let me take a break. I'll be right back. C-Suite Radio. And we are back and we are live right here with All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio. Thanks so much for listening in and watching us on the live cast here on LinkedIn and Facebook. I'm with David Amster Olashevsky. He's the founder and CEO of SunShare. We're talking about solar gardens, solar power, how to use it, the best way to use it. Hey, Adam, there's a lot of, uh, detra- no, there's not a lot. There's a few detractors out there and one of the hangups resolves, revolves around the workforce. What what needs to happen to train the workforce on renewable sources of energy? That, that's a really good question. I mean, you know, the benefit of renewable energy actually is that it, it, all of the cost is up front. It's in the installation. It's not yeah. in buying, you know, fuels from, um, you know, from the Middle East. It, it, it's all within the United States. I mean, you could manufacture a few components internationally like the panels, but your installation, your integration, all of that is done here in the United States. So it's actually the, the overall cost is now cheaper, but the labor labor component actually is pretty high. So, so there are a ton of jobs in solar. It's one of the fastest growing industries in the United States right now. Definitely the fastest growing um, solar is the fastest growing in the energy industry for, uh, for job creation. Um, There's a lot of, you know, white collar jobs on finance and on sales and things like that. But then there's also a ton of construction jobs. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're really seeing a lot of growth there. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned energy um, managers. What about having a, like, I would I'm surprising there's not energy coaches showing up, you know, or, or an energy manager to help you manage these across the community. So say in Sioux Falls or in Omaha where somebody might do this as a service, you know, make a little fee off of what's generated. Cause you're, I assume you're, I assume the way the model works is I have this solar panel. I either have a battery array or something that it goes to the, to do the stuff that is for me, or I can sell the excess back to the utility company. That's right. Right. Okay. That's exactly why, right. why wouldn't there be a coach or, or a manager at a local level that would be aggregating this? Uh, you're you're actually starting to see a lot of that. There are nonprofit organizations that are getting 500 homes together and they do a big RFP and tell a company, look, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll fill your workflow for the year, but give us a really good price. So you're starting to see that, but you're also starting to see, you know, websites like, uh, you know, like Kayak where you, or Expedia, where you go online and search all the different airfares. You're starting to see websites like that where people can go online, put in their, you know, address or information. It tells you, look, here's the cheapest options in your area. So, um, you're really seeing that you're going to see a lot more over the next five to 10 years. So, I mean, you're opening my mind because I just think, well, I get my power from local guys. That's where I get it. That's where, you know, they also provide me with my internet when I've got my, my one gig uh, fiber optic uh, internet that they get out to my, my ranch here in South Dakota. But now I'm sitting there thinking, well, geez, am I, I should be looking to see if I can get solar off of that. And does it decrease my cost? I don't know. Uh, oftentimes solar will decrease people's costs by, you know, 10%, 20% or more, but you're fixing it in for 20 years. I mean, what is your, uh, you know, if you look at what happened to your electric bill over the last 20 years, you probably notice it's gone up quite a bit, right? So um, 
with solar, the benefit is you just you you reduce it on day one, but then you are also fixing that cost for twenty years. So it's a pretty significant savings for folks. Yeah, which would be good. So how can we get more people to participate in and implement these uh, community solar programs? Uh, you know, the the first thing is really, uh, you know, 20 states across the country have now enabling le- legislation, but spreading that through all 50 states. Uh, like right now yeah. with rooftop solar, over 45 states, you just plug into the grid, you could sell that energy back onto the electricity system. We need to do the same thing with community solar, so it's available to the whole country. Also, uh, different states, when they've created it, they've created caps on the programs, believe it or not. So say, well, okay, maybe 5,000 people can take advantage of this new program. Well, we need to start increasing these caps. And, and you know, you can imagine why there's caps. Utilities are well-funded. No, it's a, lo- it's a lobbyist. The lobbyists are the ones doing this. I mean, I That's totally, right. ha- having been a former lobbyist, uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I know exactly what they're doing. They're just saying, <laughs> hey, is- let's test it out. Let's make sure it's safe. And 5,000 seems like a lot, you know. Well, yeah, we'll help it because it's dangerous. It could be, it's unregulated. I mean, I, can, I know exactly what they're doing. Right. That's 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 what it is, and and look, we're we're competition. We're shaking up the industry. We're letting yeah. consumers hop off of the monopoly. So monopolies, you know, you can imagine what they say about that. Well, <laughs> that, that's no what we need to change. Than, yeah, it's no different than the cap, the, the taxi drivers in New York or any other city going. I don't know about this Uber thing. I don't think you should do it. It's it's all transportation. We understand, but those people might not have insurance. They might not be safe. That's indeed what happens when you try to do something that's a little different. What. What would you, what advice in the couple minutes that we have left, what advice would you give to me as a business or as a consumer of what I should do today? I think the first thing is check if you have community solar in your area, because again, 20 states already have it. But if you don't, uh, you know, I would suggest if you're politically minded, give a call to your representative. Say, hey, look, there's 20 states. Look at Colorado's legislation. Look at Minnesota's. Look at what co-ops are doing in Texas. Or call your local co-op and say, I want a community solar option. I want solar energy. I don't want somebody putting it on my roof. I want a simpler yeah. option. And, and um, you know, there's a lot of models out there now for legislators and states to, to follow. So sometimes it really just takes that first connection, that first phone call to start the ball rolling. Do you have it on your great. roof? 20 states in 10 years. That's, that's quick growth. That's pretty good. Do you have, do you have it on your roof? Uh, solar? Um, yeah. No, because I have, I have trees shading. I, I have a 120 year old house and we have big old trees surrounding it. So I would get like no generation from solar. Yeah. So, so I, I, I have, have a community big, solar. I have a big field. I have a huge field right outside that the sun's always shining. And by the way, South Dakota has more consecutive days of sunshine than any other state in the country. I don't know why. I guess we're just, <laughs> we're just blessed, but nonetheless we do. That's what we're doing. And that's what I'm, I'm going to go check it out. David, thanks so much for joining us right here on All Business with Jeffrey. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Really appreciate it. At the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. And I learned today that I don't know what I don't know. And it was very enlightening for me. So I wrote down a couple of things I'm going to go do. I'm going to look at the solar for my home and my business. I'm going to look to see if my state has this available because it's just a smart thing to do rather than coal based uh, power. Now, you know, where you got to have coal-based power, you got to have coal-based power because that's what we got. So uh, that is if you want to keep your, um, you know, you want to keep your air conditioner on, your refrigerator moving, your freezer moving, all the other to keep the lights on when it's dark, you know, those are things you got to think about. It's got to come from somewhere, but wherever you can, I mean, why not help the environment and do, do some things? And Hey, if you can put a little money in your pocket, 
That's pretty good. That's what I learned right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Don't forget to tell your friends and uh, make sure you tell lots of your friends because that's how we uh, grow this show. Thanks so much. We'll see you again soon. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.